Amen. Okay, let's jump in. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, for not, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sound mind, sound mind. Not, not, not mind that's scattered, not a mind that's all over the place, not a mind that's stressed out. A sound mind. Say this with me. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus I, have I have a sound mind. My mind is sound. My mind is sound. No, confusion. no confusion. Nothing but stability. In Jesus, name. in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me review very quickly um, because we're going to finish this tonight. Amen? Amen. A couple of people. And we're going to finish this tonight. Yeah. Amen. Okay. We know that pressures and responsibilities and stress really can take a toll on your mental health. Um, and again, I don't say this as a try to stir up fear or anything, but look, if you're, if you're really, truly a biblical student and you study the Word of God and you, and you have faith that the Word of God is very accurate and that God speaks to us through His Word, you're going to understand from this point forward in history, it doesn't get any better. Amen. Talking about the world, not talking about the church. The church is going to see its most glorious days in the days to come. Right. Amen. Amen? From this point until Jesus comes and takes us off this ridiculous rock that's floating through uh, space. Uh, until that time, the church is still going to be the place of refuge. The church will always be a place of strength and a place that represents the kingdom of God and a place of authority. Amen. Amen. But outside of the church, and I'm not talking about just new beginnings, I'm talking about outside of our lives, there's going to be turmoil. There's going to be chaos. There's going to be tribulation. Jesus said it was going to happen. He's not a liar, is he? No. So when you put all the signs of the times together, you start, when you really understand what the Bible teaches about the end times, you'll come to the conclusion. We're not looking forward to it. We're in it. Amen. Are you listening to me? Okay. It's, this, is not a, this is not hype. Well, pastor, people have been saying this for hundreds of years. They could have said it for a thousand years. But nothing could happen until now. Why? How, do you, how are you so confident? I'm confident because of a date that took place back in the 1940s. On May the 14th, 1948, the time clock started ticking for the last days. So what happened on that day? Israel became a nation once again. That's the key. That's why we say, anybody who knows what they're talking about, and anyone that's worth listening to, can say confidently, we are in the last days. Now, other things have happened, and I don't want this to turn out to be a teaching about the last days tonight, but you've got 1948, Israel becomes a nation. 1967, Jerusalem is reunited and is now the capital of Israel. Okay? There's not a lot left to happen after those two events. Everything else that you see occurring right now, the stuff that's going on in the Middle East, the stuff that's going on with Russia and Ukraine, it's all tied in. Keep your eyes on these things. Watch two main countries. Watch Iran, which is ancient Persia, and watch the nation of Turkey. I've been saying this for the past few years. Keep your eyes on Turkey. I don't mean Turkey, Thanksgiving Turkey. I mean the country Turkey, okay? I don't have time to go into this. So what I'm saying is, because of the time frame that we are in in the history of mankind on the earth, that God has talked about for thousands of years, there's going to be a lot of stress that comes on people's lives. Amen. Jesus said in those last days that men's hearts would fail them because of fear coming on the earth. Okay? So that's why we're teaching this, 
And that's why you need to stress these things in your life. And I, I, I really would hope that you would take the teachings that we've learned. Who's been here for the last couple of Wednesday nights? Okay, good majority of you. Uh, if you, those of you that weren't, I'll send you my notes so you can go on YouTube and listen to the message that we preach these past Wednesday night. Why is this important? Because people around you are going to start losing their minds. Yeah. You've probably already seen people acting strange. I've seen people that were pillars, strength, strong people, all of a sudden, like, what the heck's up with them? Making crazy decisions, doing stupid things, falling into stuff that they had no business falling into. Are you listening? Yes. This is not just a cliche-ish message. We truly want to be equipped so that we do not lose our minds. Amen. Now, you know what I'm saying when I mean that. You know what I mean when I say that. I should, say, I should put it that way. Okay, you and I, according to the scriptures, have the mind of Christ. Christ has been made unto us wisdom. You have the Spirit of God in you. If you're born again, if you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Amen? He's the Spirit of wisdom. He gives us understanding. The Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1, starting around verse 15. He said, I pray that God would grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. Okay? That's something that you and I can claim. I pray that over myself constantly. I, I, Father, thank you for the wisdom that you give me. Thank you for revelation in the word of God. Thank you. That the eyes of my understanding, my spirit, not these eyes, these eyes, my understanding, my spirit, are illuminated with light so that I would know what the hope of your calling is. Amen. These are the things you need to do to strengthen your mind. Okay? You listening? Yes. All right, because we're living in a very stressful age. Many of us are trying to take on way more than we should be. Amen. You know a few people like that? Yes. Yeah. So he's given us a sound mind. Let's go into these things. What not to do? What not to do? Number one, stop trying to figure everything out yourself. That went over real big the first time. Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall do what? Direct your paths. When God's directing your path, it takes the stress off. Amen? Verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Well, that ties back to trusting in the Lord and leaning not in your own understanding. <clears throat> Fear the Lord and depart from evil. That's going to be a big one in these last days because there's so much evil out there. There's so much evil that's tolerated. There's so much stuff that the church tolerates now that we would have never tolerated 20 years ago. Be listening. Amen. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Have a healthy awe of respect and honor for him and depart from evil. And it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Now, when you have health in your flesh and strength in your bones, does that not take some of the stress off of your mind? Yeah, of course. When you go to the doctor and he says, oh, you're fine. I don't need to see you for a year. You walk out of there how? Awesome. This is great. Your blood pressure went down because, you know, your blood pressure was 20 points higher when you're sitting there in the doctor's office because you don't know what he's going to tell you, what he wants to do, all this other stuff. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So, two, beware of distractions. Again, I'm reviewing from three weeks ago now. Beware of distractions. Say that. Distractions. Distractions. In other words, attractions that are going to put you in a place to get dissed. Okay? Distractions. You want attractions. You want stuff that God's leading you to, not dis.
Distractions. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on a safe path. Don't get sidetracked. That's a good one. Keep your feet from following evil. There's so much out there. So many opportunities pop up. You've got to ask yourself the question. When an opportunity pops up, an opportunity uh, for a job or a career, an opportunity in a relationship. You know, relationships can be distractions. Anybody find that out in life yet? And you fall for things, and then you're, you're, you're way off track, and then five months later, you're like, like Wait, how did I get over here? Amen. Amen. Number three, one of the areas that causes major stress and causes people to lose their mind is jealousy and envy. Stop looking at what everybody else has. You listening to me? Stop it. People spend their day, can't sleep at night trying to figure out how somebody else got what they got. Psalm 37, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. Uh, look at those people in the world. How, look, that so-and-so is not a Christian. Uh, they cheat. They do all kinds of stuff. They're whatever. And look at how rich they are. Look at how much you got. Yeah, you can't look at that. You've got to look at eternity. Amen? 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 Stop being envious of people that are not, they're, they're not righteous individuals. They're not living to please God. They're living to please themselves. There is a consequence to pay with that kind of stuff. You wouldn't want that. Amen? Um, let me go, verse, go down to verse 7. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. So, listen. This particular psalm talks about not being envious of somebody who's evil. But watch this now. There's a whole other side to this that you have to consider also. What about the people who are righteous? What about the people, even within your own church, what about people that you know are born again, and they've worked the principles of God, and God has blessed them? You listening to me? You can't be envious of them either. And yet so many Christians, how come God blessing them? Well, because of your attitude. How come God's blessing them, and God, that kind of blessing's not in my life? You just gave the reason why. You have a horrible attitude. Instead of saying, thank God, you know, years, many years ago, many years ago, way before I went to Bible school, we were in another church here, at local, local church in town, and I had somebody came to the church, and I don't remember who it was, a guest speaker, and taught about prosperity, biblical prosperity, not crazy, stupid prosperity, biblical prosperity, and said this, go find somebody who's been prospering and go hook yourself up with that person and learn how they prosper. You listening to me? So I had one or two people. Now, this was when we were prospering. I had one or two people come to me to my place, my restaurant, my place of business. And they said, listen, we want to, we want to connect with you. We want to. And, uh, you know, that was okay. You know, until then, we went into bankruptcy. And then people started, stopped coming around. <laughs> but you understand my point. Yes. Apart from that. Okay? Uh, you want to prosper? Go find out what the principles of God say about prospering. God's not withholding anything from you. He's, he delights in the prosperity of his servants. Yes. Don't get jealous of people when they're blessed. Go, go find out how they did it. 
Maybe God led them to, to some job. Maybe God led them to a career. God may have gifted them with something. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes those things are transferable. You, hang, you know, you, you can be who you hang around with. One way or the other, you're going to be who you hang around with. So hang out with people that know better than you. Hang out with people who are prospering. Hang out with, pe- hang out with people who know how to get their prayers answered. Don't go hanging around with the person that's always got problems. Pray for them, love them, hug them, but learn from the mistakes. Oh, this is going in a whole different direction tonight. Some people are squirming. They don't like this. No, we want it the easy way. Honey, there is no easy way. Everything in the kingdom of God is seed. Joe, where are you? Come on, man. Seed time harvest. There is no seed time harvest. It's seed. Don't buck that. Don't fight that. That's just the way it is. And you want to know something? You wouldn't want it any other way. Because when things come too quick, they go too quick. Amen? Hallelujah. Number four. And I think we stopped with this one last week. One of the tricks of the devil is overemphasis, getting you to overemphasize in your mind what others think about you. That is a real snare, a trap of the enemy. If you live for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, New Living Translation. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Look at the next part. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. It's to please God, not people. The church here was only a few weeks, maybe a month and a half old one time. At that time, 24 and something years ago. Be 25 years in September coming up. And a gentleman came to the church and after the service walked up to me and said, um, I'm going to help you grow this church. Well, if anybody knows me, that was the last and worst thing he should have said to me. I said to him, uh, the Holy Ghost is going to teach me how to do it. He knows how to do it. The person got their feelings hurt, okay? But what was I supposed to do? Submit myself to somebody's manipulation and control? And, 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 and I had another occasion like that, and somebody came up to me later and said, oh, you don't know, this person gives a lot of money at the church they used to go to. But what am I, a prostitute? No, come on, is this too real? What am I, no, so you hit me with that, so what am I, a prostitute? She goes, this person's got money, I'm supposed to become what they want instead of what God wants. I'm not here to please people, I mean, I love you all, but you didn't hire me. So if you didn't hire me, you can't, I don't say that arrogantly. I say that as a declaration of freedom. I fear God more than I fear man. I am concerned about what he thinks, not what other people. Now, I'm not insensitive to people's needs and not insensitive to people's feelings. I'm human. Just I want to be liked like everybody else, but I don't go for that. Because let me tell you something. I've seen way too much manipulation and control in, in 38 years. Trust me. I got a PhD and had a, had a sense control. I could smell it from miles away. Yeah, it always gets quiet in church when you talk about this kind of stuff. 
And there are spirits that you have to deal with. All right? And let me tell you, why am I saying this? Because some people lose their mind because they don't deal with spiritual things in the spirit realm. They try to deal with spiritual things in the natural realm. Well, maybe I can change them if I become friends with Oh, no, honey. They're going to chew you up just like they chewed everybody else up in their lives. You better run. You bet. I'm talking to somebody tonight. You better run. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man lays a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. <clears throat> the Lord says it's a trap. For you to live your life in such a way where you allow people and their opinions to fashion and to shape your life and, and worse yet, your decisions. You're listening to me, your decisions. I've told this story before, but it was the first time I ever encountered anything like this. Again, many, many, many years, before, way, way back. In fact, at that time, this, this room was only this, this big. It was, this was the church. That was it. Aren't you glad we expanded it? <laughs> and uh, we painted the room. Uh, at that time, we used it both for the youth and used it for our adult services. So we painted the room this bright sherbet orange color. <laughs> and this elderly couple that were part of the church back then made an appointment to come and sit and talk with me. Some of you know the story. You know where I'm going. And they said, uh, I said, well, what's the problem? You know, well, we think that you should have had a vote from the, from the congregation before you painted. And I started laughing. I thought they were kidding. <laughs> and then I realized they're not laughing. They're serious. They came from a church where every stinking little decision that was going to be made was brought before the congregation to take a vote. I said, oh, honey, you're in the wrong church. You're in the wrong church. If the day comes where I got to ask permission for every person in the church of what color I'm going to paint this room, you guys go find yourself another pastor. I don't have time for that kind of stupidity. You understand what I'm saying? But you see, there's, there's pastors that bend to that kind of control. There's church leaders that bend to that kind of control. And that's why they raise up congregations like that. Okay? Many, many people do that in your professions. Somebody waves a little bit of promotion in front of you, and all of a sudden now you change your whole personality. No, you please God, not people. Are you hearing me? There's this, there's this subconscious picture that Christians entertain. Well, we want to be just like Jesus. Well, why don't you be just like Jesus? See, but most people, when they say that, they're talking about the Jesus with the lamb on his shoulder or the Jesus talking to the little children. Very rarely do Christians get the picture on the inside of the Jesus who knocked over the money changers' tables. The Jesus that confronted Satan in the wilderness. What about that Jesus? How come we don't have that picture on the inside? We put up with all kinds of garbage from the devil. Amen? Amen. What got him riled up tonight? <laughs> so that trap, in the original language, they refers to a trap for animals. Are you an animal? No. Then why, why would you step into those traps? And it's the kind of trap that kills the animal. As long as you're that concerned about what people think, you're never going to have peace. You're going you're gonna to lose your mind. 
So, Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Is this going okay tonight so far? Okay. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans. You see, that's what you'll end up starting to do. When you let people control your destiny, when you let people... Now, I'm not talking about between husband and wife. Okay, that's a different story. Okay, I'm not talking about between husband and wife. But I will take it as far as parents and children. Because there's some parents that don't know how to mind their own business. There's some parents that even when the children leave the household, they still want the umbilical cord connected. Well, pastor, does it say you're supposed to honor your mother and father? It says to honor them. It doesn't say you've got to listen to everything they said. It says to honor them. There is a way to honor your parents. Why are you getting all riled? It seems like people got all like, I can't believe he's talking about this. Because everybody thought it was going to take the side of the parents. You leave and cleave. When you got married, you're supposed to leave. and Do you honor? Yes. Do you honor your background? you honor your parents for working hard for you? Yes, you do. But they're not supposed to control your life. I wish my kids were here to hear this right now. You can call them up later. But seriously, too many people, and listen, I learned this lesson a long time ago. You don't live your life through your kids. You had your turn, okay? We had our turns. Whatever we accomplished, we accomplished. If you're, I'm talking to somebody tonight. If you're doing that, let me tell you something. It's going to end disastrous. Stop it. Let them live there. But, but they're making mistakes. No, let them make their mistakes. They'll learn. God loves them more than you do. How would I get over there? <laughs> Jeremiah 17, 5. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength. And look at what happens. And turn their hearts away from the Lord. Amen. You're gonna, if, you, if, you are, if, you got, if you have subjected your life to other people and you let them form every decision that you need to make, you, you, you're just always influenced by others. You want to please everybody else all the time. Eventually, that's what's going to happen. You're going to turn your heart away from the Lord and, you will put you, and you'll connect your heart to that individual. And they'll run your life. And what you're doing is putting yourself in the hands of somebody who's just as flawed as, as you are, if not more. And that's not good. Does everybody understand this? Yes. We're good? Yes. You don't hate me? No. Okay, good. All right, thank you. Exactly. So, so the Lord says, cursed are those who put their trust in humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Listen to what they're going to be like. Verse 6. They're like stunted shrubs in the desert. In other words, there's no life to them. They don't grow. They just get so far and that's it. We've got to stop stunting each other's lives. We need to hear from God for ourselves. We need to hear from God for our own lives. Amen? With no hope for the future, they will live in barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. You can't grow anything in a salty land. Verse 7, but blessed are those. I love, I love the way God does things. You ever notice this? God always presents the blessing if, you, if you're obedient 
and if you cooperate, but then he also presents the consequence if you don't. So none of us could ever say, well, you know, if I knew it was going to end up this way. No, God said, no, no, I told you. I told you. You just didn't listen to that part. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat. We'd say it this way. Those people don't lose their mind. Those people, they, they can, they're sustained in hard times. Why? Because their confidence, their roots are in God. Their roots are not in another person. Oh, I could talk about some things tonight, but I better not. They're not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. We thrive when our roots are tapped into God, not other people. Amen? Amen. Turn to somebody and say, love you. you. But I'm going to rely on God. Amen? Amen. No, look, can I take it one step further? I get, I, get, I get uneasy when people want to put that kind of trust in us. Pastor, I need your input. Pastor, no, 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 you've got to go hear from God. I'll pray for you. Well, Pastor, what do you think I should, what I, what do, you think I should do? I think you should go pray. Amen. Pastor, what do you think about this job? Um, I think you better pray. Amen. Pastor, what do you think? I'm thinking about moving to such a, what, you better pray. Never mind with me, what I say, okay? Because you might not believe this, but there are some pastors that will manipulate people. Wow. Really? Yeah. All right, you ready for number five? Yes. Are we good up until this point? Yes. Oh, we're doing good. We got good, good time tonight. Number five, finally, the best way to keep yourself sane and to maintain your soundness of mind, and I don't think this is going to come as any surprise to anyone who knows the word, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. We're going to spend some time here now, okay? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for everything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer supplication, and don't forget to add in what? Thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to who? God. God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we know this. We know this. I doubt very much if there's many people here tonight that have never heard this scripture before. It's there. It's always been there. It's, it's been there for 2,000 years. Why is it that we wait until we're just buried with problems before we start acting on Philippians chapter 4, 6? I don't know what it is with us. We're to be anxious for nothing. Because they're just very stressed out. Why? 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 This is one of the greatest promises that's in the Word of God. I don't, I, I don't know if we think sometimes it's a badge that we wear. I'm, so, I'm just so stressed out. I got so much going on right now. I guess, well, number one, did you ask God about the stuff that you're so busy about? Because I found out that the times when I just throw myself into stuff, 
is when I get myself in trouble without asking God first. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay? That's the worst time to make decisions, to, to move forward in anything, is when you feel stressed. I have tried to learn throughout the years to follow after peace. Amen. Colossians tells us, let peace be your umpire. What does an umpire do? An umpire does what? Calls the shots, right? Let peace be your Pastor, I don't know what I should do. Should I move forward? Where's your peace? Amen. Do you have peace? Okay. If there's, a, if there's a, a, an alarm going off on the inside of you about something, listen to that. At least stop. Yes. Consider what you're doing. Ask the Lord, what's going on here? Because my insides are like, eh, 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 And some people keep just marching through, marching through. Glory to God. See, verse 7 is where we want to live. Can you put verse 7 back up there? Verse 7 is where we want to live. We're in that place of the peace of God that passes all understanding. In peace, in shalom, in completeness. That state of calm stability. But pastor, you don't know what's going on in my life. There's all kinds of storms and activity and attacks from the enemy. That doesn't mean that you can't have peace. That stuff is outside of you. Okay, but inside you, you can be work, walking in verse 7 and have all hell break loose in your life and still hold on to that peace of God. That, and he tells us it's going to pass all understanding. It's not going to be a natural peace. It's going to be a supernatural peace. How many of you had that situation where all hell is breaking loose, but on the inside you're like, I don't know why. I, just, I'm, I know it's going to be okay. I know it's good. I'm calm. Uh, you, you tapped into that supernatural peace. But listen to me. If you want verse 7, you've got to do verse 6. Okay? And verse 6 says again, let's, let's pull this apart piece by piece, because I don't want this to be just, oh yeah, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, because no, that's how most people live. No, no, no. You're going to have to make a decision. And what's that decision? Not to be anxious about anything. Well, Pastor, that's easy for you to say. Why? Because I'm up here on the platform? I got to go through the same storms and stuff that you go through. Now, you learn some things over the years. You learn some. Don't waste the opportunities that come your way. Be determined that no matter what attack comes against you, you're going to learn something from it. You're going you're gonna, to, what can I learn, Pastor? What am I going to learn? Well, maybe you're going to learn how did the enemy get a foothold in your life to bring this attack? What open door of opportunity was there that you may not even, maybe you're aware of it, maybe you're not aware of it. Maybe sometimes we do things and we think maybe the devil's busy someplace else and he's not going to notice and we try to get away with it, okay? Learn some things. Get the gold out of every situation. No matter how bad it is, you can learn something. You, if anything, you learn what not to do next time. Be anxious for nothing. Make that decision. No matter what comes, I'm not going to get into anxiety. But in everything, oh, pastor, I don't think God wants to be, this is such a small, minuscule thing. I don't think God wants to be concerned about stuff. No, no, you don't know him. He cares about every little detail in our lives. 
He's God. He can do that. See, when you say stuff like that, you're putting God on your level. But in everything by prayer, and what's prayer? Prayer is communicating to God, making known to him, let your requests be made known unto God. Okay? It's right there. Go, no, stay there. Go back to six. And supplication. What's supplication? Supplication, let me give you this natural. If you came to me, and you said to me, I got this challenge in front of me. I would say, okay, well, let's sit down and let's talk about the options. Let's talk about what you could possibly do. Let's talk about maybe, maybe how did you handle this the last time? In other words, you're sitting there and you're actually interacting with God and saying to him, look, this is the situation that's on my hands. Okay? Abraham did it with God plenty of times. He talked to him. Moses talked to him as, 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 as one person talks to another. Amen. That's supplication. Don't just, oh, Father, I have this need in Jesus' name, boom. No, because listen to me. I, I, I know I keep saying this. I got to teach this over again. When we pray, we don't get answers. We get instructions. But if you're just dropping a prayer off, hey, uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you supply all my needs. I received that in Jesus' name, boom. Don't tell me that that brought you peace and brought you calm. Because you didn't really, I hate to put it this way, you didn't really get a chance to vent what's bothering you. My son Michael came to me one time years ago. He said to me, Dad, I know we like to talk positive, we want to talk faith, but do you realize that most of the Psalms are David venting to God? What's bothering him? I hate when they do stuff like that. I hate when your kids are right. <laughs> Go read the Psalms. It's David. Many of they that are, are, are attacking me. Many of they surround me. Many of they say in my soul there's no help for him and God. Who's he? he wasn't talking to himself. He's talking to God. He's going, hey, come on, I'm overwhelmed here. You listening? Supplication. Present all that's bothering you to God. Please, for the sake of everyone around you, go vent to God. Because truthfully, we can't do anything about it. That other person that you usually run to, the most they can do is feel sorry for you. They can pray for you. But God gives instruction. Amen? The Romans wanted their taxes paid. What does Jesus do to Peter? He gives him instruction. He says, go uh, drop a fishing line over there. First fish that comes up, put your finger in its mouth. There's two coins in there, one for you, one for me. Go pay these guys off. <laughs> instruction. Amen? So, but you've got to let your request be made known to God. Not everybody else. Not even the, 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 the prayer line at such and such a ministry. Go talk to God first. You, are you getting this? Yes. I know it sounds simple, but this is where we miss it in the simple things. Next verse. Go back to seven again. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. In other words, we could say it this way. And the stability that you need for your mind is going to come from God, and it's going to make no sense in the natural, and it will do what? Look, look, at, how, look at how important this is. And it will do what? Guard your what? Heart and mind through Christ Jesus. A lot of us are not guarding our minds. 
a lot of us are not guarding our hearts. So many, I've never seen a time in 38 years of being a Christian where so many Christians walk around offended. Offended. I've never seen it like this. It's crazy. In that sense, we're very little different than from the world. In fact, I think the world is more forgiving. I honestly think the world is more forgiving. They understand. I, I can't carry this stuff. Christians, sit on the other side of the church from each other. Stop going to the church because so-and-so goes there. Horrible, horrible. So what happens? Because you didn't bring the thing to God that bothered you to begin with. Well, you, you don't know what they did to me. No, I don't know. And honestly, I don't want to know. Okay? But listen, if you would have brought it to God, it wouldn't have the life in you now that it has. And, and especially when you go, oh my gosh. The worst thing you could do is go around telling everybody about what that person did. Every time you're speaking about it, you're adding details. You're re-emphasizing it. I, I never forget, I met a couple here years ago. They're not here anymore. I don't know where they are, but thank God, God chose to move them someplace else. First time I met this couple, I said to the, to the wife, how are you doing? Well, when I was five years old, my father died. I went, oh my God. She's almost my age. How long is this going to take to get from five years old up to what happened yesterday? You see what I'm talking about? And every time we do stuff like that, we give life to that offense. You ever, you ever have somebody tell you something about, when did that happen? Um, 35 years ago. Thir 35 years ago, and you're still carrying this thing? No, by 35, it's carrying you now. Is this too common sense tonight? Too practical? This is where the devil's eating us up. You need to guard your heart, and you need to guard your mind. Okay? You need to guard your heart. Why? Because that's where you're living from. That's the place where you're making your decisions. That's the place where you're formulating faith. Guard your heart. The best way to guard your heart is walk in forgiveness, walk in love. Don't take offense. Off Jesus said, offenses are going to come. But you don't have to take them. You don't have to take them. And it'll guard your heart and your mind. What are we talking about in this series? How not to lose your mind. Well, through prayer with supplication and supplication with thanksgiving, you let your request be made known unto God. So, so you do verse 6, and then God does verse 7. And then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your and your What is that? That's emotional stability. That's mental stability. All right. Can I continue now? We got that point, right? Say this with me. If you want verse 7... You're going to have to do verse 6. So, Peter now tells us about how to resist this anxiety. Because it's one thing to say, well, don't be anxious for anything. And it's another thing to know how not to fall into anxiety. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Because it needs to be done actively. It needs to be done militarily. It's militantly. You've got to be militant about what you're going to do with this anxiety. Okay? Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you when? 
in due time. Verse 7, verse 7, watch this. Casting, now why don't you read it with me? Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting. Casting. Not sharing. Doesn't say share with him. It says cast it. Cast it. Okay? I don't know a lot about fishing, but I know if you want the hook to get to a certain point where the fish are, you've got to do what? And, and you, you learn that. You, in the first couple of times, you might not do it right. First couple of times, you might hook yourself in the head. But at, at some point, yes or no, at some point, you're going to learn how to do this. You're going to know, okay, I've got to swing, and then I've got to let go of the, of the line and, and to get it to the place. It talks about being intentional. Casting is not... Casting is... And again, I always go back to this illustration because I can't think of a better one. Our son, Mark, all that kid knew how to do in baseball and uh, basketball was three-pointers. He could be any place. And he had this little, little like, jig that he would do after he was done. He's like, <laughs> just this little skip and a hop and everything. And man, just three-pointers. What was he doing, though? Before he could throw that three-pointer, he's setting it up. He was extremely intentional. No matter where he was on the court, he's intentional. Even if it was just to us, it looked like a split second. To him, he's setting it up and it's nothing but net. Just didn't even touch the rims. I don't know how that kid did it, but he did. That's the picture I get. Being intentional. Lord, I got this problem here. And truthfully, I'm tired of dribbling it all over the place. So Lord, listen. I'm going to set this thing up. I'm going to cast it. I'm going to, I'm, 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 I'm doing, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I don't want it back. Uh, once I let it go, it's going in the hoop and that's it. That's what you and I need to do with the problems that would cause us to be anxious. Put them in his hands. Stop trying to share them with him. Stop trying to handle yourself. Well, I'll do as far as I can, and then when I can't, then as a last resort, I go to God. No. As a last resort. What kind of honor is that towards God? Oh, I, I, don't wanna, I won't come to you until I really need you, because I know when I come to you, uh, it may cost me something. None of us want to admit that, but that's what many people are thinking. Just like, just like one time when I was very young, I went to see some very bad individuals to take care of a situation. When my father found out who I went to talk to, he immediately brought me back to that person to apologize. And when he got me outside, he said, if you ever again get anybody like this involved in our affairs, I'll kill you. Because you don't realize what that favor is going to cost us in the future. Anybody read in between the lines? Okay. So I did not realize that. All I knew was I saw the need. And of course, back then, I wasn't safe, so I didn't know the other. So I was trying to find man to solve the problem. But I'm afraid sometimes Christians do the same thing with God. Because if we know we go to him, he may come back and say, I'm going to do this, but you remember the last thing I spoke to you about that you didn't obey me about? You listening? Yes. Oh, God wouldn't do that. 
Okay. Um, Jesus goes to Peter's house. His mother-in-law is very sick. She's got a fever. Jesus lays hands on her. He, excuse me. He rebukes the fever. What's the next thing she gets up and does? She gets up and serves. Now, I'm not standing here saying that Jesus said, hey, listen, I'll get rid of this fever, but you're going to have to get up and serve us. It should be a natural thing. Because the closer we get to God, the more he's going to include us in his plans. That was good. I'm going to say that again. The closer we get to God, the more he's going to include us in his plans. And some of us who, for whatever reason, in our carnal nature, don't want to be involved in God's plans, hesitate to go to God for help. Take an inventory. You see if you're doing that. All right. So cast away cares upon him because he cares for you. He cares for you. He knows we're not made to carry such burdens. Let me give you an example. Okay. Let's talk about some of the things that are really burdensome in our life that we get anxious over. And you've got to listen fast because I only have a few minutes left. Finances. Do, do finances have the ability to cause stress in your life? Yes. yes. How about career? Here's another one. How about relationships? Yes. How about material needs? Yes. You got quiet on that one. More people get stressed out about what they don't have than anything else. I wish I had this and I wish I had that. How come they have that? How come I don't have that? Okay? Now watch this now. Genesis chapter 2, verse 22. Where is he going with this? Well, listen. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And read the rest of it. And he brought her to the man. You notice that God brought her to Adam? I'm going to say it again. Did you notice that God brought her to Adam? All right. But people today are losing their minds because they're striving to find the right one. When all the time, it's God's responsibility. Hallelujah. I'll say it again. People are losing their minds today. Connecting with individuals they got no business being connected to. But you don't understand. We're perfect for each other. Oh, really? Where does the person go to church? Uh, Well, they don't go yet. Are they born again? Well, you know, I believe they're going to be. No, honey, run. Run, <laughs> run. Run. Yes or no? Yes. Number two, finances. Some people are working day and night to derive some sense of worth or purpose when God wants to let him, he wants them to let him supply their needs. And he should be the one where we're deriving our purpose and our sense of fulfillment from. Amen. We work to glorify God with the talents that he's given us. Amen. But pastor, you don't sin. I want to make it big, pastor. I want to make it big. I want to invest. I want to create. I want to, I want to, do, I want to create wealth. I'm going to bless the church. I'm going to bless ministries. I'm going to bless the... Cool your jets. Okay. Go, go, go develop character first. Oh, there was a good spot there to say, yeah, hallelujah. Go develop your character first. He's way more interested in who you become than what you accomplish. 
I bring this up, man, all the time. Bring this up. David, King David, desired to build the temple. He amassed all the gold, the silver, all the precious metals, all the construction materials, and God sends the prophet to say to him, I can't let you do this. You've got too much blood on your hands. Why? Because God was more concerned with what David was becoming than what David could build. You listening? When you get involved in something that God did not ordain or God did not bring you on that path, it's going to cause you stress. It's going to cause you anxiety because he is only obligated to supply on the path that he's placed you. We're not free to just go do this, that, and the other thing. Oh, God, uh, come on, God, I, I get this real good opportunity. Can you bless me? Can you, can you supply this? Can you? No, he's not obligated to do that. I've been, I've been really, really meditating on this scripture um, in the past, I'd say, few months now. Isaiah 48, starting in verse 17. This is, this is a good one. For those of you that want to be entrepreneurs, or those of you that want to make it big because you want to bless people, not because you want to have bigger houses and more cars and bigger diamonds and all this. No, because you genuinely want to be used by God to make people's lives better. Amen? Listen to the scripture. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to do what? To profit who leads you by the way you should go. He's going to teach you. If you go to him and say, God, I desire, I want to be used by you. I want to be used by you to generate wealth. I want to be able to provide for the homeless. I want to be able to bless people. I want to be able to uh, buy cars for individuals. I want to be able to pay people's doctor's bills. I want to be able to do those things. How am I going to do? Father, you're the one who teaches me to profit, who leads me in the way I should go. Direct my path, Father. Proverbs, go back to Proverbs 3. I'm acknowledging you, direct my path. Put me in touch with people, put me where there's opportunities that are coming from you. Not that we dream them up and they go, hey God, could you bless this? You see what I'm saying? Is this making any sense? Yes. Now I'm assuming that there's people in here who really want to do that, who want to bless others, who really want to produce wealth, not for you to line your own pockets, but for you to genuinely be used by God to rescue people out of, out of debt, to rescue people in their burdens, the, the things that are burdening them. Yes or no? Yes. Next verse. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments. Watch this now. Then your peace would have been like a river. So who's he addressing? He's addressing people that wanted to profit, but not by him. He said, if you, I'll teach you to profit. And when I teach you to profit, your peace is going to be like a river. Well, what does a river do? It flows. So it flows. And it flows from where? It'll flow from you. And that's why you have people. You ever have people in your life and when you're around them, you feel peace? Yes. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. He said, oh, that you would listen to me. Oh, that you would let me teach you how to profit. Instead of trying to get involved with all kinds of worldly schemes. Hallelujah, Pastor. You're doing good tonight. Psalm 55, verse 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, one more thing and then we're going to go because I got a bunch of stuff here, but I think I could make another teaching out of that one. Good. 
Don't let prayer be a last resort. Don't, don't sit there and we go right back to the beginning. Stop trying to figure everything out yourself. Stop it. We know you're intelligent. God knows you're intelligent. But there's some things that you and I haven't been created. We haven't been given enough yet. We need him. We need his wisdom. We need his understanding. We need his strategies. Jeremiah 33.3. I know many of you know this by heart. Call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Now, that doesn't mean we're stupid. We can be ignorant and have good hearts. Ignorance is a lack of information. He's saying, look, there are certain things of, in life you're ignorant of. Okay, for instance, I, I, I keep saying this, and every year I have to add another number. I've never been 66 years old before. I know, you can't believe I'm 66. <laughs> so in this season of life, It'd be idiotic for me to try to figure everything out. Why? Because I've never been in this season before. You listening? And wherever you're at in your life, I don't care if you're 12 or if you're 102, you've never been in that season before. None of us are going backwards. We're all moving forward. So now in this season of life, we need to know what we don't know. We assume we know, well, you know, when you lived as long as I have. No, no, you're still now learning. You know, the only time you stop learning is when you look like this. <laughs> Other than that, we, we should always be open to God Almighty to teach us. Amen. Instruct me, Father. Direct my path. Give me the direction for my life in this season now. Amen. Now, thank God, the older we get, now we can talk to someone who's in a season that we used to be in, and we can impart some wisdom, okay? But it always has to be tempered through the word of God. Amen? Amen. So, call on me, he said, and I'll answer you, and I'll tell you great mighty things which you know not. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6, New Living Translation. I think we're going to wrap it up with this. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you the path to take. I added, go to the throne, not to the phone. Don't listen to me. I'm, I'm going to say this, but please, I don't mean this harsh. Or Stop wasting time with people that know less than you. We try to depend on people for what you're going to do. Now, listen, the Bible does say in the multitude of counsel, there's wisdom. But there comes times, there, there, there's going to come times in life where it's like, no, uh, God's not going to let you go to anybody else because he wants to develop you, your dependence upon him. Because when we're dependent upon him, no matter what comes to us in life, he's going to supply our needs. Now, when we say supply our needs, we usually think about money. No. Wisdom is priceless. Start developing that dependency upon him for wisdom, for instruction, for understanding. Are you listening to me? 
Did you get anything out of this? Yes. Should we do the rest of this? Let me say, God. No, not now. I'm, I'm getting tired. When you get tired, you don't preach good. You want to come back next week and I'll put yes. the rest of this in? Yes. Seriously? Yes. You're really going to come back? Because yes. I got some good stuff here that ties in with this, but it's a 10 after 8 already. So, um, so we're good? Yes. All right. Now, does anybody need prayer for anything that we talked about here tonight? If you do, please come up front. If you don't, uh, my prayer for everyone that's here, and I'm going to pray this for those that, because we're recording this, right? Yeah, so anybody that is going to listen to this in the future, I pray that prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. That God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of glory, would grant unto every single one of us that spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we would know what the hope of his calling is. I pray that whatever the Holy Spirit ministered to you individually, that he will continue to expand on the inside of you as you continue to press in, as you continue to go to God for wisdom, as you continue to do verse 6 so that you can walk in verse 7 of Philippians 4. I pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to give you wisdom, understanding, instruction, strategies for your life from this point forward. Amen? Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, come on up.